0: For, 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 all things, for, 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 for all things KC. KC. For everything Chiefs. It's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla
1: Canerum and Cody Tapp.
2: Hey there, everybody, and welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Welcome on this Red Friday, even though, as we know, the Chiefs are not playing this weekend. I am your host, Kayla Canerum. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwartz. Guys, we get to relax this weekend and just enjoy the show. This is great.
0: It feels nice. Who doesn't like a, a goodbye week? It's like I can watch all these games in this weekend and we're all going to watch them anyway, right? Way lower stakes. Way less pressure. Sucks to be you. Somebody <laughs> who gets in some upset watch game because it's not my problem. Because <laughs> we know there's going to be one that surprises us out of the two six matchups. Because right now those all look semi-lopsided. Maybe not so much with the Vikings and Giants one. But nobody expects the seven-seeded Seahawks to beat the 49ers. No one expects Miami to beat Buffalo. No one expects Baltimore to beat Cincinnati. But one of those games is going to be a sweat. And I'm just glad Kansas City doesn't have to pretend like it could be them.
1: And does it count as a Red Friday officially? Is That's, this a yeah. Red Friday or is this just? It's medium. Friday.
0: I went I went pink. So it's
1: like I'm going, like, pink, I'm going pink like, yeah, like a brick red here. Oh.
2: Same. We're all in like neutrals today. Well, if you ask King Canarum, every Friday is a Red Friday. My father wears red even during the offseason.
1: Wow, that's dedication.
2: Yep.
0: Just no matter what, he's in red if it's a Friday.
2: Even during preseason, he was wearing red. I respect it. He's dedicated to the Red Friday.
0: More than this show, apparently. Who knew? (laughs) Clearly.
2: (laughs) God love him. We still need to get him on at some point. It'll happen. Heck yeah. All right, you guys. We've got the... Revised playoff predictions now that we know everyone left in the running. And as Cody alluded to, which upset are we calling for this weekend? S- setting it up, we've got the Seahawks versus the 49ers on Saturday, followed by the Chargers versus Jacksonville. Sunday, we have Miami versus Buffalo. The Giants versus the Vikings. Baltimore versus Cincinnati. And closing out the weekend on Monday with Dallas versus Tampa Bay. Well, I
0: I think the upset has to come from the NFC, mostly because like when I'm looking at these playoffs as a whole – I don't feel like I got any, any idea how the NFC is going to go. Like, I'm like, I know the Eagles are the best team. And I know the 49ers might have the best roster, but they're starting a rookie. And then it's like, Tom Brady has all the playoff experience in the world and we know that. But he's on the worst team. And it's like, okay. So then other than that, it's like, okay. And then there are six quarterbacks who have never played in a postseason game. So I guess I'm supposed to assume that if it's all these guys who have played in like one combined postseason game, that Tom Brady will just go to the NFC title game. So I have no idea. The NFC, to me, and I don't know if you guys feel the same. I'm interested. I'm lost. <laughs> like, I'll end up just end up like choosing like Vikings and 49ers or Vikings and, and Eagles, and I'll give the Eagles the edge because they've got the bye. But the AFC, I will be stunned if at the end of the day it's not. The three teams are the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills. I expect all three of them to be in the divisional round, which means all I'm saying is, who wins between the Chargers and Jags? A coin flip game where I don't think it's an upset one way or the other. The NFC is the more intriguing conference for me this weekend because I don't know. Yeah, the 49ers destroyed some teams down the stretch, but they're also starting a seventh-round rookie, and I, I don't know. They just gave up, like, 300 yards to Jared Stidham. So, like, if they're just off for a day, for a minute, Purdy doesn't have it for a day or a second, yes, yes. They can lose to Seattle, who beat plenty of good teams earlier in the year, even though they're playing bad now. So I'm lost in the NFC. I've got my guesses and predictions for how I think it'll go, but I could see that going. Like, if you told me that the Cowboys, Eagles, Bucks, Vikings all came out of the NFC, I couldn't pretend like I was just stunned. Some would surprise me more than others, but the NFC is confusing.
1: Yeah, I think the NFC is not necessarily confusing as much as it just is – there are less haves and have-nots. The disparity yeah. between the best teams and the worst teams is much smaller than it is in the AFC. And nobody's giving the Dolphins a shot against the Bills, but I look up and down these matchups. The only one I feel really confident about would be Seahawks-Niners, but the Seahawks were a tough out at times this season. They didn't really finish the year that way. Actually, in San Francisco, I think you could argue is playing the best football of any team in the NFL heading into the postseason, so that's the only one I don't really spend much time trying to deliberate over. My pick, it's relatively easy. It's the first one that jumps out at you when you look at these matchups this weekend is the Giants over the Vikings. The Vikings are three-point favorites. I think you could make the case that the Giants could be like a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Like, if that would have been the line that came out, I don't think anybody would have been all that shocked. There have been, you know, there's been a lot of made about the Vikings getting in close games. They are the first team in NFL history to have a negative point differential in the regular <laughs> season and host a playoff game. Right? Not just get to the playoffs, but to host a playoff game.
0: They won thirteen games. Thirteen games with a negative <laughs> point differential.
1: So the the Packers went 13, they won 13 games each of the, the the last three years before this season. And in 2019 and I think 2021, they had a point differential that was around like 63, 67, somewhere in that range. And and two of those seasons were the three lowest point differentials in NFL history for a team to make the playoffs. So think about that. They were in the 60s, and that was the lowest ever. And the Vikings have a minus three point differential. Cody, you've asked me a couple times this year, you know, what do you chalk that up to? And I've given you the answer that you don't love, which is luck. That's it. Yeah. It's just luck. It's not... It, there, there's no coaching strategy. It's not because this team just wants it more or they just find ways to win close games. That can be an excuse if you do it from time to time. When you do it every single week, something tells me, okay, this will never happen again. It's never happened before. So unless the Vikings simply want it more than any team that's ever existed in the history of the NFL, I'm just to believe that they're not that good of a team and that they've gotten lucky. I don't think the Giants are a juggernaut but I just think this matchup is a lot more even than it may seem like based off the win-loss record.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, if I'm choosing a lead upset, maybe that's the one. But I'm telling you, right, I feel like I'm the only person who would not be surprised to find out Seattle and San Francisco is in a dogfight. I mean, I know Geno Smith hasn't played in a postseason game, but it's just like, it's still like, like we talk about luck a little bit. Obviously, they're well coached, but so are the Seahawks. For, for whatever we would have done over the last couple of years to, like, knock Pete Carroll and been like, ah, it's part of his problem with the Russell Wilson. Man, I, he traded away Russell Wilson, who, when he left Russell Wilson, was still a top-ten quarterback in the NFL and took Geno Smith instead to the postseason. I know it took the Packers losing on a Sunday night in order to happen. But they still to get themselves to the nine wins. They played poor down the stretch. But to me, it's just like, if they just have their good game once then that game becomes problematic. I don't see it at all on the AFC side. Buffalo is going to kill Miami. Cincinnati <laughs> is going to kill Baltimore. Both those are going to be, and by kill, I mean, those are both going to be 14-point games. And I really do feel like as much as the Chargers have played really good defense down the stretch, that's a coin flip. And the reason why I think it's more a coin flip is I think I think the Chargers have proven themselves to be the slightly better team than the, the, the Jags. But the Jags are playing a little bit better football or equally as good football, and I give them the decided coaching advantage. Brandon Staley's out here getting his lead wide receiver hurt in week 18, and Doug Peterson's won a Super Bowl. So it's like to me, if there's one guy who's used to coaching in these games, it's maybe the guy who has won a Super Bowl and not the guy who's coaching in his first game in the playoffs as a head coach.
2: I'm just I think I'm mostly intrigued by this Dallas Tampa Bay game. I know Dallas yeah. is obviously favorite, and it's hilarious that a eight and nine team is hosting a twelve and five team. But we know what Tom does in the playoffs, and we know the Cowboys kind of suck in the playoffs. So I can <laughs> definitely see the Bucks coming out on top yeah. of this one. Yeah. Okay. Just like
0: history Let's,
1: tells us the Cowboys will always blow it and yeah. Tom Brady won't. Let's just look at the the facts here, okay? Uh, the Cowboys are not allowed to win playoff games, and Tom Brady is promised to go to every conference championship game ever. They like. <laughs> I want to. I don't want to like beat around the bush here. Like we're all in agreement that the Buccaneers are winning this football game and you don't have to come up with any football reasons. And it, honestly, <laughs> because it's really hard to come up with the football reasons. So, Just
0: no life works out. I mean,
1: out the Buccaneers there. haven't beaten a good team all season. At no point have they started to hit their strides. They benefited from being in maybe the worst division in football. The Cowboys have been one of the most complete teams in the NFL all year. Even despite Dak's injuries, they finished fourth in points scored. They finished fifth in points allowed. It doesn't matter. It's the Cowboys. It's the Buccaneers. It's Tom Brady versus the Cowboys. It really doesn't matter who's on the Cowboys. It's just what that brand stands for, which is losing games. Mm -hmm. They're not supposed to lose, which means they're absolutely blowing this game. And Brady (laughs) probably goes to another conference championship.
2: Wild. Wild, that NFC.
0: I don't believe the Bucs are just no good, too.
1: (laughs) And they are, Nick. They're no good. It's not even a good team. Well, look at the teams they've beaten this year. When you go back and just kind of look at the Buccaneers resume, right? They beat the Panthers, the Cardinals, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Rams, the Falcons. Oh, yeah. And the Cowboys. Back in week (laughs) one. That was all the way back in week one. And that was a long time ago. Dak was actually playing in that game. These teams have been on uh, slightly different paths since then but they have at least shown the ability that they're capable of beating the Dallas Cowboys. Could you have given a less impressive resume (laughs) of
0: wins for a playoff team? I'm not even just this year ever. I mean, just, just ever. Are any of the teams they beat good?
1: I mean, they they got two wins. Seattle. uh, They got two wins over playoff teams. They beat the Seahawks and they beat the Cowboys. Oh my God.
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess put Tom Brady in the NFC title game. That'll probably just be the way it goes. I don't know if that'll be my official prediction. We do it later, but Nick, you're right. Don't give any football reasons. Just assume that that's the way the world works.
2: (laughs) Make note of that. All you betters. Uh, Definitely going to be fun to see how everything shakes out this weekend. Um, but now we're going to move on, guys. The pass rush finished this season second overall in sacks right along the top in the league. We asked if we trust them in the playoffs, but do we trust them as much or next to other elite pass rush teams in the playoffs?
0: I mean, we should hold them to that standard, right? Let me just be clear. I don't. I, I know I should. I know that it's fair, too. But no, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I watched them finish second to last in sacks last year. Maybe it's that. I, I I don't know. I don't want to pretend like that's the reason, but here's the reality. No, I don't include them in the category of Philly or Dallas. I just don't. I know that they have similar number of sacks of those teams. Not Philly. Philly's like way ahead. They got like 10 more than everybody. But I just can't picture it. And I think maybe it's because – One of them is great. If it was Chris Jones and another already established pass rusher, I'd probably be different. But the Chiefs' second best pass rusher is a rookie. A rookie who's never played in an NFL playoff game. A rookie who only came on from the sack percentage over the last six weeks, seven weeks. Before then, we were still asking – seven weeks ago, we're like, hey, is Karloff just going to get a sack? Like, I know he's getting near the quarterback, but, you know, it'd be cool if he started sacking the quarterback to go with it. Now he has – but it's the NFL playoffs and the speed moves different. And Carloft still, to me, isn't the kind of guy who has such elite athleticism that he's just going to beat anybody he plays against. So to me, they're still going to be in that second tier. I'll put the elite pass rushers all on their own in this category and I'll count the Chiefs on, you have to get sacks and I'm counting on you to get them, but I don't perceive them amongst the most. If it's like the Mahomes tier of quarterbacks,
1: sorry, you're in tier two. This is a Steve Spagnolo conversation. Everything you just said, and the premise of this question, you could just reword it and insert Steve Spagnuolo in place of the Chiefs pass rush, right? Yeah. Do you trust Steve Spagnuolo in the postseason. It's been a good year for Steve Spagnuolo, but why don't we believe in him? It's because of him. And it's because of the way that the Chiefs have gotten these sacks. Like We we talk about, specifically with Spags, the one thing year to year that we always discuss, whether there's production or not, is that he is a very aggressive, defensive play caller. He's got these exotic blitz packages, and he's bringing guy. he's bringing in a safety, he's bringing in cornerbacks, right? He is disguising a lot of different things, and it makes life really difficult on opposing offenses. And he's had his really good years. He's had his really bad years. The Chiefs had this year, They were finished, you're right, they were second in the NFL in sacks at 55. They had 16 different players get at least one sack. That's more than any team in the NFL. You're right. Of course Eagles, it is. The Eagles were had the most sacks in the league by almost 10. They only had 12 guys get one sack. So it's not to say that the chiefs that's better or that this is why spags is the best. It's just, that is why it seems like the chiefs aren't an elite unit. Because when you think like, when you close your eyes and and you think of elite pass rushes, you think of those teams that have two guys, two guys, right? Von Miller next to Aaron Donald, TJ Watt next to Cameron Hayward. You think of, um, uh Demarcus Ware next to uh Micah Parsons? Micah Parsons. Yeah, well, yeah, not in that really case, good. but yeah. Um, I was thinking of uh with the Broncos. Almost Elmos- um, right? yeah Yeah, You think of these great tandems, and the Chiefs don't have that. It's Chris it's like Chris Jones and the Miracles. It's Chris Jones and a bunch of guys who are all just sort of kicking in the bucket, doing their part, which has worked out. If every team could do it, they would do it. And if that were a sustainable model, more teams would try and do it that way. That is the brilliance of Steve Spagnola, which is, hey, these are the pieces that we've got. This is how we're gonna generate a pass rush with it. It doesn't always work, but this year it has. he's came up aces, and that's why I think so, it, I think you have to buy into it. i've seen I've seen seventeen games of it. Why am I to now believe that all of a sudden it's going to disappear and that that's actually fair, Nick, because like
0: last year they were second to last. like, shouldn't I just buy in? I think, I think some you gotta it, let go of that. I know, I I know, and I understand that he gets them from a lot of different areas, and that shouldn't be a knock necessarily, right? Like that that's not that's not incriminating. That's a good thing. It's good that Thornhill or Bolton or Sneed or you know, like it's good that all of these players can contribute to the sack numbers. But dude, in the playoffs, taking those chances is scary. And teams are just better. They're better at... Yeah, but what's the, but better, what's you know, the
1: alternative?
0: No, I know. I'd rather that than they be 10th but have two great pass rushers. It's hard to say because they, if they, they had they, two great pass rushers, they wouldn't be 10th. Well, you
1: know what the other the thing, reality is, Cody, is that we we tend to associate great pass rushes with great defenses. The Chiefs didn't have a great defense. They had a, they had a, a fine defense, they had an average defense, maybe slightly above average. Like the Eagles... Led the led the league in in sacks. It was a great defense. San Francisco
0: was up at the Cowboys. top of the league. They were one of the top points per game defenses, so yeah. in the
1: Cowboys. Cowboys, yeah. Patriots. They all had great pass rushes, great defenses. That wasn't the case with the Chiefs, who finished about middle of the pack in points allowed. So maybe that's part of the reason why, because you can't buy in to the Chiefs' defense as a whole, like 100%. It doesn't allow you to buy into the pass rush 100%.
2: Well, guys, speaking of Chris Jones and the pass rush, does he have to perform this postseason in order to get paid by the Chiefs? Um, Michael Giannetti of SpoTrack on 610 said he thinks his contract will come in at four for $120 million at the moment. With that, do we see Chris on this team next season?
1: Well, wait, Kayla, can we get a quick update um, on, because you said perform this postseason, can you give me a quick uh, tally on Chris Jones' career postseason sacks? Do we know Zero. Where that, you know where that
2: Zero. Where? It's gonna change this off season. Watch it's and see. Not, or this postseason.
1: Off season? That'd be the worst news.
2: <laughs> postseason.
1: I mean, it has to, right? He is going to get a sack. A single right? sack. If that's if that's the if that's the barometer, then he is going to have a successful. Play. You know, it
0: sounds like you're trying to t- convince yourself, Nick, not saying it with gusto. That doesn't sound like it's from the gut. You're like, right? Right, guys? He'll have one, right?
1: He will. He will say <laughs> what if he doesn't, then that means the Chiefs don't win a postseason game. Oof. You you might be right, and they can win one postseason game without Chris
0: Jones. But here's the reality: is I, I'm fine with paying him four for 120 million dollars. He's the second best interior pass rusher in the NFL, and if Aaron Donald retires, he's the best. So paying one player the maximum part of their contract doesn't bother me. They're not paying anybody else their maximum value outside of Mahomes, who I actually still think is taking like 90 cents on the dollar. So the only guy they pay as the best player of their position would be Chris Jones, who would arguably be the best player at his position. At least this year he was, because Aaron Donald was hurt, and most years he's second behind that player. But if you're going to pay someone $120 million and you're the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that expects to win the postseason every year, yeah, you're going to have to start showing up in the postseason. The most memorable Chris Jones postseason moment is when he grazed Tom Brady's helmet and they went to the AFC title game. That's it, or they went to the Super Bowl. That's it. That's Chris Jones' most famous playoff moment. That's not good enough. If you're gonna pay someone 100, like, so Frank Clark, they made him the most expensive, one of the most expensive defensive ends in the entire NFL. I can give you a couple of Frank Clark playoff moments if you want them, more than a handful. He's top five all time in playoff sacks. So for all the things we've got complaints about what he was paid, and I'm not trying to say like Chris Jones a bad player or bad playoff player. But at some point, we can't just chalk up luck. Because, Nick, if you were saying he had zero postseason sacks and three NFL playoff games, we might be having a different conversation. He's played three quarters of a season. He's got 12 postseason games under his belt. It's no longer a fluke. He's played a whole-ass year in the postseason. Like, at some point, you got to run into one, like on accident even.
1: But that's kind of the whole conversation we just had about the defense, right? Which is... There, there have been there's, there's opportunities there, but for whatever reason he hasn't had the supporting help at the same time or this time of year, right? Yeah, you're just gonna sell out to stop one guy, which is probably in large part the reason why Frank Clark has had so much success. I think Frank Clark has had a, a multiple, multiple sack games in the <laughs> postseason, which I'm sure Chris Jones looks at and says, Are "You fucking kidding me? I think this guy." <laughs> This guy, like, I love Frank, but come on, I'm me. I'm Chris Jones, so I feel like maybe it's my turn for some of that. But if you do believe in the pass rush, then that means you believe in that, that Chris Jones will have a successful postseason because you can't have one without the other. Nobody would sit here with a straight face and say, yeah, the, the Chiefs finished second in sacks. They're going to continue having success, but it won't be Chris Jones. Because that like- has not happened one time this year.
0: I like your, like your big Christian fan as the, is this yep. show, just generally speaking, he's given us time on our show in Kansas city and stuff too, but it's just like, you have to admit that that number four for one twenty scares you a little. That's a big number for a defensive tackle.
2: It is. Um, but again, I think that's motivation for him to step up this uh, post season.
0: I, I don't like the, I, I, I know one thing I don't like is like the like, well, they let go of Tyree kills. So they did let go of Chris Jones. I'm like, well, No offense. There's no Patrick Mahomes on the defense. Matter (laughs) of fact, if there is a Patrick Mahomes on the defense, it's Chris Jones. So like maybe, you know, like it's easier to let go of Tyree kill because Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid exist. Mm -hmm. We're having a conversation about the defense. It's very different. The level of protection, if Chris Jones is gone, is significantly less.
2: That's a great point. We can throw anyone in that offense and we know we'll be fine.
0: At this point, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's like. Their best wide receiver had 900 yards this year. Their third best wide receiver had 300 yards and barely played. Their second best wide receiver was MVS. He finished, like, 700 yards. I mean, it's like, I was fine, I guess. You know, like, just from a yardage standpoint, they got, like, pretty mediocre wide receiver play. Like, good, right? It wasn't, like, a bad, but it was, like, it was fine. Like, maybe league average. And Patrick Holmes finished 5,300 yards and 41 touchdowns or whatever.
2: And we still set atop the AFC.
0: Yeah, number one seed. No big deal. Just a buy. Mahomes are gonna <laughs> win MVP.
2: Normal stuff. All right, guys. I know we talked about the uh wild card weekend this weekend. Cody, you said the Chargers Jags game could be a coin flip. Who would we rather face when it comes down to it?
0: So I think the Jags are better coached. I think Trevor Lawrence is great. Um, but God, I'd so much rather face them than the Chargers. The Chargers are not, they're the, like, if anything, the Chiefs are Chargers. You know, like the, the 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 Chiefs are the Chargers kryptonite. No matter how good they play in a game, even when they're playing their best, even when things are going their way, Jalen Watson gets a pick six and their game's over and they just lose. That's why the Chiefs finished 6-0 and against the division this year and have the most ridiculous division record in the Mahomes era. Really comparable to that. They win at a higher percentage of divisional round games right now than the Patriots were in their heyday. So, Like, I know that they know them, but I don't like that the Chargers know them. And I don't like that the Chargers seem to play their best football against them, and I don't want to roll into that trouble. I'll take the year-too-early team for now. Talk to me next year, and I might have a different answer. But that's what the Jags are, right? They're the plucky overachievers. They're a year too early. They might be a real problem next year because they're going to have more good draft picks and more money to spend than another year with Peterson and Lawrence together. But I'll take the year-too-early team over the Chargers because the Chargers... I just don't like it, man. Herbert is a freak, and I don't want to roll the dice with that right now.
1: I don't, it's it's tough because I agree with everything you just said and your assessment of like the Jaguars feeling like they're a year away. And I feel like I can trust Herbert more than I can trust Trevor Lawrence, despite how well he's played as of late. But it wouldn't shock me if we're sitting here in three weeks. And we're going, oh, yeah, well, it turns out Justin Herbert is that guy. Or Trevor Lawrence is that. Like, either one of those. If you told me, like, yeah, they're going to go Super Saiyan and go to the Super Bowl, it wouldn't shock me. If they're going to go Joe Burrow and just establish themselves as elite quarterbacks, it wouldn't shock me. Because that's the level of talent that both of those guys play with. But to your point, the Chargers feel closer. And maybe it's just because we've seen this now for two years of then maybe you could argue underachieving as a team, but Justin Herbert looking like that guy. And this time of year, we can talk about defense. We can talk about coaching. We can talk about experience, weapons, offensive line play. Are you winning in the trenches? All we really care about is quarterback play. Like, who's got that guy? And Quarterback and coach, that's it. But if you're going to make it to the Super Bowl from the AFC, you're going to need incredible quarterback play, right? Whoever that team is doesn't matter who your pick is to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC. They're not doing it unless their quarterback looks like an all-pro over the next month. And who do I think right now is more capable of doing that? Justin Herbert. The, the Chargers have the better weapons, right? And the currently performing better defense? Well, I don't know, man. Because both of these teams have been following the same script the last month of the season, because I think you could make a really strong case that aside from the Niners, the Jaguars are playing as good a football as any team in the NFL. Like right now, I think think over the last month of the season, the Jaguars had the best defense in the NFL. Like not one of like the best. They were shutting teams down over the last month. But again, I don't care as much about that right now. I'm more about what is your quarterback going to do? What is your offense going to do? And I just, I fear the Chargers a little bit more in that regard than I do the Jags. The this, only thing I fear more the Jags is their coach. Go ahead, Kayla.
2: No, you go. You go.
0: That's it. I mean, I just, I fear Doug Peterson more than I fear uh, Brandon Staley at this point. But other than that, I think I fear the Chargers
2: more. True. Doesn't answering this question kind of tell us who we are going to play then? If <laughs> We all say we'd much rather face the Jaguars. Not necessarily. More likely we'll face the Chargers.
0: Look, I'll admit that this is way earlier in the season, so it doesn't hold true to today. And Justin Herbert was coming off his first game where he'd injured his ribs a little bit, so maybe that was playing a factor. Just as a quick heads up, because I'll bet there are plenty of people who listen to a Chiefs podcast who don't remember this. The Jags beat the Chargers earlier this season, 38-10. to 10. They didn't just beat them, Ooh. they destroyed them. The Jags murdered them earlier this year. There are a lot of things at play, admittedly. But also, the other thing to admit in this, Nick, is that was way before the Jags were playing their best football. They started playing their best football here over the last, like, six weeks. That's didn't not even they, where the Jags were, like, going.
1: Didn't they then lose, like, by 30 points the next week? Uh, Yeah. But that that's that was, my. I think, up until, like, week 11, the Jaguars had only won back-to-back games once <laughs> since Trev, they drafted Trevor Lawrence, and now they've reeled off, like, what is it? Seven straight wins heading into the postseason. You know, it's weird. Maybe, maybe this is more about perception than anything else because Trevor Lawrence has played really, really well as of late. But it's tough. It's kind of like the Joe Burrow conundrum from a year ago. It's you're never going to buy into it until he does it in the postseason because he's only been doing it for two months. I've seen two years of Justin Herbert playing like an elite quarterback. So you had a nice hot stretch to finish the season. Congratulations. Now you're playing in your first playoff game. Like, we'll see what you're made of now. The one thing I would say is, I think we're splitting hairs, by the way. Like, if no I'm problems. choosing the Chargers, it's it's barely. Because I know that both of these teams are good enough to go toe-to-toe with pretty much anyone in the AFC. They're also bad enough to lose by 13 to any of these teams as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I'd rather play the team we beat by 10 than the team we barely get by by three. I don't want to sweat out the divisional round. I don't you know, need that kind of negativity in my life.
1: You know what's so weird about that is you're totally right Is that jaguars game you won by 10 and it was one of those weird games the chiefs played a handful of them this year where they were never really blowing them out but it also never really felt like the other yeah. team had a chance of getting it close that was sort of the catalyst the jags went what six and one the rest of the way at one loss to the lions two weeks later but that was really the moment that I think they had the bye week the next week. And that was the moment where their season kind of turned around. So I don't know what happened in the locker room there at Arrowhead after that loss, but look at him now at a moment. Apparently they were three and seven. After the chiefs beat him, they were their season was, over, and the
0: Titans were probably like six
1: and four, seven and three things change very quickly (laughs) in the NFL.
0: It turns out.
2: How many sacks will Chris Jones get in that game? (laughs) 10, maybe (laughs) 12. Even it's hard to say, um, I don't know. We should have made a prediction. How many sacks will he get the postseason?
0: Oh, then I gotta guess how deep they go into the
2: postseason. Um, maybe we think... should save this for Super Bowl predictions.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's do that next week.
1: I, I, I you know, I, I want to think about it for a minute.
2: I'm still saying
1: um, three plus. He's getting three plus sacks this. Season.
2: I like that. I mean, what he's at? What 15 and a half in the regular season? Yeah, I think I that was almost a sack a game.
1: Almost. I think he's getting. I think he's getting two sacks in the first game. <clears throat>
2: I like it. All right. Well, yeah, speaking of playoffs, big news. The neutral site has been decided if it is the Bills taking on the Chiefs in the AFC championship game, they will be heading to Atlanta. Guys, do we think this was the most fair site? I guess
0: we don't have to revisit whether we think the decision was fair because we very clearly covered that on this podcast if we liked the NFL's decision to go neutral site for the Bills in general. But as far as is this site fair, it's the most fair. Other than Indianapolis, which bowed out very early on, there was no more fair sight. Like there was some reporting at our station that said that, you know, they, the Bills wanted some East Coast teams and that, you know, the Chiefs wanted Vegas and all these things that we can have these conversations back and forth that would have done it. But even in like New Orleans or Houston and Houston was out because of a monster truck rally or whatever, just think about proximity. One is 800 miles away from the city and one is 900 miles away. I think I would have preferred that these fan bases could have driven to the game, I think it'd have been nice if they could ended up in a site where these teams could have both driven. But I've taken that drive to Atlanta. You can make it if you want to. And it's a relatively reasonable flight for everyone across the board. I think most importantly with this is they said it now. At least they're giving people, you know, a little over a week to make their travel arrangements. I was really or two weeks, I guess I was really worried that they were going to wait too damn long and it was going to make it impossible for either fans to show up. This at least was the the perfect middle ground in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Every once in a while, there's like that cultural phenomenon uh, that you just don't get into. Like for me, it was breaking bad or the bachelor. Like I know never got into those never got into either one of them (gasps) and everybody, you know, gets into them. And then we all have that friend who didn't watch game of Thrones or, whatever the thing is and there's no real rhyme or reason it's just I don't know never got into it and it never really uh resonated with me that is how I feel about the the neutral site come I am so ready for this (laughs) to be over on I'm not going to say it but there was part of me that said you know what if one of these teams could just lose early so we can stop talking about this forever Maybe it's just overkill because it feels like it's all we talked about last week. But the second it was decided that it was going to be a neutral site game, I no longer cared where the game was actually going to be played at. I mean, people were getting out MapQuest and figuring out how many miles it was from Buffalo to Pittsburgh, from the Chiefs to what's the drive, what where the flight's going to be, the connecting flights. I just don't care. Maybe it's easy for me to say because I'm not going to the game. I wouldn't go to the game if it were in Indy. I wouldn't go to the game if it were in Pittsburgh, if it were in Atlanta. Like, it's just not going to happen. From a competitive standpoint, here's the thing that we haven't talked much about. And this has been kind of weird to me. Whenever we've talked about the neutral site, it's always been from a vantage point of ease of travel for the fans, which, I mean, makes sense, right? The AFC Championship is usually at home. Fans want to go to that game. We haven't talked at all about like what it means for the teams. Is that just because it doesn't matter? Like It doesn't matter if the game was in Indianapolis versus Atlanta. It's not going to give... Anybody a competitive advantage based off where the game's being played, right?
0: I mean, it just depends. Like you can always cause you could still make the same argument. The Bills fans have been in way less AFC championship games than the Chiefs lately. And both of them end up in there. This would be the fifth straight one. Like you would, I guess, assume more Bills fans would turn out for this game, certainly more if it was in Pittsburgh, but it's hard for me to it's a bit rich because over the last three seasons, the Chiefs are better on the road. Mahomes is better on the road. And this isn't like a one-year phenomena. This is like across the board. Mahomes plays better on the road. The Chiefs win more games almost on the road. They're just as good there as they are at home. It's just the effort of fairness. And like the only people you feel bad for, like season ticket holders, people who had already decided they were going to the game, like that's the part. Because for every other percentage, it seems pretty fair to me. Like I don't have a problem with it outside of kind of stinks for fans some, but that's kind of it.
2: Nick, when you said you hope one of the teams loses so we can stop talking about it, you were talking about the Bills, right? Of course. <laughs>
0: no,
1: I didn't specify, but... this is It's always game day in Kansas City, not Buffalo, <laughs> I Nick. I, I would tell know. you to tread lightly. Which I think is a podcast, by the way. I believe that is on our, our wonderful... <laughs> oh, God, it is? <laughs> yeah, it is. No. So, <laughs> no, of course, I don't want the Chiefs to lose, but I just kind of wanted this conversation yeah. to die because it just doesn't... I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just not the audience for it. I just don't care. I know that's the worst take you can ever have in this business is just like not having one. But I don't. I don't care where this game is played. He's it's an Arrowhead gonna guy. Weird, it's going to be weird no matter what. Unless it's a, in Kansas City or Arrowhead. The second I found out it was going to be in a dome, I was like, I, I officially have no opinion.
2: Why? Okay. Was a outdoor stadium ever on the table? I hate that it's a dome. Buffalo plays outside. The Chiefs play outside. It is playoffs in January. Why wasn't this ever considered outside?
0: I don't know that they, I think because they didn't want, you know what it is, Kayla? Because there's already a question of fairness and weirdness and all this stuff. The last thing they wanted is to like, now there's a blizzard and we're in Chicago. You know, like they're like, we're not doing that. No, no, no. I would have considered Nashville if I were the league. I think that that would have been a really strong option, but it always felt like it was going to end up in a dome.
2: I was kind of hoping it'd be at the big house.
0: I thought that would have been cool. I loved the idea of a college stadium. That would have been awesome.
2: That would have been sweet. Since we're changing all the rules this year, why not just have it at a college stadium? Let's get
0: really weird. Yeah.
2: (laughs) All right, you guys. Are we ready to make Super Bowl predictions? Now that the playoffs are officially kicking off.
1: Heck yeah.
0: I mean, we have to do it now. Otherwise it seems a bit like a uh, hollow and weak. If we try exactly. to do it next week. Got to well, get we, it on record now. Now we know that there are only eight teams. So now it's much easier to do it.
1: Okay. I will so still take Wait the, a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Set whoa, some ground whoa. rules? Yeah, we got to set some ground rules here. What are we doing? Are we doing just... I think title
2: pick? games and Super Bowl. Okay. Okay.
1: That seem fair to everybody? Yes.
2: Let me think. Yes. Okay.
0: Um, Should I give them all at once, or do you want to do AFC, then NFC?
2: AFC, NFC.
0: All right, let's start with the NFC, because that's not the one the Chiefs play in. I will take the Eagles and the Vikings, the team that could lose in the first round, but I don't fucking know, because the NFC is a mess. So I'll take the Eagles and the Vikings in the NFC title game, and I'll just go ahead and give the one seed the advantage, because I think they have the best roster. I'm not going to put my hands in a Tom Brady-led squad, even though I think there's a chance they could get there, and I'm not going to take all these other quarterbacks who've never played in the damn game. In a single important game in the NFL ever, so I'll just take the Eagles to get to the Super Bowl on that side, and they'll take on the Vikings in the NFC title game.
1: Okay, so um, my I have a formula.
0: Oh for wow!
1: So <laughs> is it like an <laughs> algorithm or, or like well, no? No, it's more of like I don't process. have a formula. It's like a process <laughs> of elimination. Like there are certain there are certain elements that must be present in the championship game. So one of them just has to be like a who's the most complete team who's the best team complete team the least amount of question marks on the roster for me. that's the eagles right yeah the mvp candidate quarterback you have got probably the most complete roster you got four guys with double digit sacks in that defense asan reddick's first team all pro guy great weapons on offense best offensive line in the league like it's just tough to find any flaws so i'm putting the eagles in as the one seed uh, and then the other the other element that must be present in every conference championship game is there must be uh, a Tom Brady present. So there's only one <laughs> to my knowledge that has one of those, and that would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So again, I don't have any football reasons behind it, but it's Tom Brady. They're in the playoffs. They're playing at home. So I just assume they're going to beat the Cowboys, then probably pull off the upset over the 49ers and boom, NFC championship. But I do have the Eagles beating the buccaneers so i'm i'm sending the philadelphia eagles to the super bowl
2: okay i also have the eagles in the nfc championship game and in the super bowl
1: Boom.
2: it's, it's really it's really just what i want um can they all, can they play the 49ers i'm looking at a bracket that's possible right the yeah, one and two, one and the
1: two yeah.
0: yeah they would play in the nfc title game
2: does that ever happen the one in the two probably it not it does it but definitely
0: i mean that's where Lashley. i'm going yeah, last year it was the two and the three in the AFC, and it was God knows what in the NFC.
2: I like the Eagles and the 49ers in the NFC Championship game.
0: You chose the two most complete rosters. I don't think I can argue <laughs> much against
2: that. That's for sure. playing it real safe here. On the AFC side, my preseason
0: in August official predictions for the AFC title game was Chiefs-Bills. And there is absolutely no reason to move off of that six months later. I said Chiefs-Bills then. Looks like Chiefs-Bills to me now. I'll take the team with the bye and the team who's playing the home game between Cincy and the Bengals. So I'll take the Chiefs-Bills in the AFC title game. And you know what? This is a Kansas City-based podcast. So if I think it's a coin flip game, and I do, between the Chiefs and the Bills, I think either team could win that. I think it should be a one, one one-and-a-half point game on a neutral site game and probably will. I'll take the Chiefs to advance and eventually go on to win the Super Bowl against Philadelphia.
1: Okay, so you've got the Kelsey Bowl. I have the Kelsey Bowl. Okay. I'm sure that's a popular pick. Two ones That
0: two. New Heights podcast episode would be
1: lit. It'd be fun <laughs> as hell. Good doing it live from the from the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh
2: okay. my gosh.
1: All right. AFC, um, I'm with you. I don't know if it's because of the DeMar Hamlin stuff or just the fact that they've been a really good team all year. I we've been we've we've talked ad nauseum about Bills versus Bengals and now knowing that you're gonna get that potentially in the AFC divisional round. I just, I don't know if it's because I think this team's on a mission or I look back to last season and I saw that Josh Allen was perfect in the postseason, but Patrick Mahomes, 13 seconds, Grim Reaper, right? You were on the wrong end of that. But the, the Bill's season didn't end last year because of any shortcomings that they had as a team or as a roster. They just happened to go up against the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and they weren't going to lose that game. So even though I think the Bengals might be the better team or the more complete team, for some reason, I just cannot pick against the Bills. So I'm sending the Bills to the AFC Championship game where I will have them, uh facing off. Cody knows what I'm about to say. Against <laughs> the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I'm I, uh, sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. I know. It doesn't Nick, matter. no! You could have changed it for this podcast and no one would have known but me. Yeah, but it, it, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I'm doing... When I do the when I do Super Bowl picks, postseason picks, filling out a bracket, March Madness, I kind of try and just ignore what I think and then more about just like my vibes. We do vibe checks every week. And I don't get Super Bowl vibes from this Chiefs team. My intuition does not tell me that this team is going to Glendale. Uh I don't know if it's because of the losses to the Bills and the Bengals. I don't know if it's because the lack of, you know, explosive plays downfield, but there's just something I feel like that's missing that I can't really articulate what it is. And I'm sorry to say it, but I just don't get the sense that this is a Super Bowl team. I pray to God that I'm wrong, but I just, I just don't feel it. And I'm sorry. And I will apologize all off season long if I end up being incorrect, but I've got Bills, Chargers, in the AFC Championship game, and I'm sending uh, the Bills to take on the Eagles. And who wins? Bills? Yeah, the Bills. I think the Bills win the Super Bowl.
0: Kayla, I assume you're going Chiefs based on the look on your face, but let's hear it. Kayla is sad sad
1: disgusted.
2: I'm sad. That's why we're not going to end like the podcast this someone just punched way. me in the stomach.
0: Kayla's actually going to have the Chiefs in the AFC title game by themselves. The Bills <laughs> forfeit due to being so afraid of them. Just the Chiefs. Just them.
1: <laughs> Are you Chiefs Bills, too, or do you think that like I'm on the verge of tears? I'm sorry, Kayla.
2: Okay, well, I obviously have the Chiefs in the AFC Championship playing guys, the Bengals. Okay, I'm glad somebody wants Cincy. That's a that's a fair pick. Thank you. I know there's so much riding with this Bills team. They are playing for so much more now. I think the Bengals are mad. I think they're going to want revenge, and I think they're going to show up against Buffalo. And America will not like it, but obviously the Chiefs fans will. And I think we want revenge against the Bengals in the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> New <North laughs> Atlanta.
2: We pull out the win, and we face the Eagles in the Super Bowl. The Andy Reid Super Bowl, the Kelsey brothers. It has all the storylines. By the way, guys, what's the stat of two number one seeds playing in the Super Bowl? Do we know uh, that? In the, I feel
0: it's like it's happened. unlikely.
2: It um, doesn't happen often.
0: No. No. And Mahomes would also be breaking the trend of winning the Super Bowl, having yes. won the MVP, which yes. is more often than not, that's a low probability or low stakes option for you. But We're going
2: to be breaking all the records, adding to the dynasty.
0: I desperately want a Kelsey Brothers Super Bowl. Everyone does. But just, just it just seems too right. Feels too good as it were. And we can just ignore Nick's prediction. He,
2: I am it by ca- Nick's prediction. Can't you guys just stand by to me? To my core.
1: <laughs> I thought we were, you know, Not today. We were all in this together. We were teammates. Like, just,
2: you know,
0: honestly, have I mean, us I mean, losing I mean, to the Chargers.
1: Here's the thing. If you had said Jags, I'd have been and I was forgiving. sorry.
2: If
0: you had chosen the Jags,
2: I'd have now, been more forgiving. Now, I really hope the Jags beat the Chargers.
1: Here's the thing. <laughs> You look so stupid if that happens. Oh my no, god! No, Here's the thing: here's the thing. if the Jags, if the Jags beat the Chargers, in okay, even if the Jags beat the Chargers, and even if I say okay, the Chiefs will beat the Jags, I'm still there's there's no scenario I'm picking the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. I, the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. I don't care where they have to play who. Like I'm not picking against the Bills. I think they're the best team in football. I think they're a team on a mission. I think they have unfinished business from a season ago. Like, I know it fits the narrative, and this is going to sound so corny and cliche, but I feel like it's just their turn. They have been too good for too long.
2: Was that still your pick two weeks ago? Or did everything change?
1: Probably. I I mean, Nick's been high on the Bills all year, but... I think I started trending towards the Bills about three weeks ago because they did the same thing they did last year where they started off scorching hot, best team in football, no question about it. And then they kind of hit a little mid-season lull where you say okay like this is more like back down to earth but unlike last year they didn't last a month and a half it lasted like two or three weeks and while the bill or why the bengals and the chiefs and the niners have been getting all this credit for how they finished the season the bills were quietly just kind of rolling along taking care of business and because they're not the shiny new toy like that's the bengals now that's the eagles the Bills are sort of they're, they're on the cusp of getting the Chiefs treatment of you're not the cool, fun, news story anymore, but they are still an incredible football team. And watching Josh Allen, the way he came out and played against the Patriots, like that was playoffs Josh Allen from a year ago, which is I'm putting it all on the line. I am going to just shred your defense. And I kind of think he might do that over the next four weeks.
2: Should we see if it's always game day in Buffalo has room on their show for you?
1: <laughs> You're kicking me off now. Come on, we're going to. Hello, producers. we have Patrick Maybe Mahomes.
2: Have-
1: Nothing listen, said. Listen, I'm st- I want to make this perfectly clear in case there is any. <laughs> I'm,
2: kidding, I'm, I'm kidding. kidding. You are I'm a chief. Man.
1: I am rooting adamantly for the Chiefs. I still there we don't go lie with this football team, but need to trying, I'm trying to separate my fandom from what I think will happen. OK, so like I said, I, I hope I'm wrong and I hope everybody can forgive me.
2: Let the record show, Nick loves the Chiefs still. Thank you. All right, guys. That's going to do it for us on It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. That is Cody Tapp. He is Nick Schwartz. I am Kayla Canarum and we will be back with you on Monday. Have a great wildcard weekend.